Dog's got my back. And bam. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> Where are you? I'm from Philly, so I'm in Philly right now. Awesome. So it's 10 a.m. for you. Yep. Sweet. Too, right? Uh, yeah, 7 a.m. Okay, guys, I'm getting off this uh, Instagram live. I will talk to you guys later. Sorry I have to keep doing it on this account. Bye-bye. Yeah, Amanda Levy. Yep, I jumped on the bandwagon. We know. We know. It's okay. It's okay. You got to jump on the bandwagon at, at some point. I might be late to the game, but at least I'm on the wagon now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> welcome. So, welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The guy you're seeing pop up at the bottom right now, this is Matt Souza. He's the executive producer. No one can Hi, see him live, but they can hear him. Okay. And uh, as we talk about stuff, he'll try to pull up uh, copyrighted footage of you. <laughs> doing stuff so people can see who you are so i don't know if you can i don't know if you'll see it in real time but the viewers will see it on the live show and then they'll also see it on the recording okay how how old are you amanda i'm 24 i um my my whole thing is is somehow i just got into mma just like watching it maybe i don't know five ten years ago and i shouldn't even say mma i got into just watching the ufc right and then uh, a couple three years ago my boy started doing jujitsu and they've been doing it. I have three little boys and they've been doing it five days a week for, let's say, three years. And so then slowly I just started getting more and more into MMA and jiu-jitsu and started figuring out what it is. And then I have this podcast that's mostly – it started off me just leveraging my um, my recognition in the CrossFit community. I worked for CrossFit Inc. for 15 years as an executive over there. But really I just want to interview people that I want to talk to. And Bam. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> I slid into your DMs and you're like, you responded. And I ran that, that day I ran, told all the parents at my kids' jujitsu class, I have Amanda Levy on. And they all know who you are. I'm the only parent yes. who doesn't do jujitsu. Um, where were you born? Um, I was born in Philly. So born and raised in Philly. Um, I've been to a lot of different jujitsu schools. Um, I've been training for 13 years. So I started when I was 11. Um, and it's so cool to hear that you have your kids in jujitsu because I am like the biggest advocate for like growing up in jujitsu. Like I was so blessed to be able to experience growing up in jujitsu because I feel like it just gave me such a, a wide variety of like meeting people and like talking to people and you're just exposed to like so much outside of your own community. Like I feel like, you know, um, I was born in Northeast Philly, which is very majority Irish Catholics. So, like, I remember being, like, younger and, and being shocked that some people didn't believe in God. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, it just, like, opened my whole world up um, to, like, outside the outside world. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That was a great example um, you gave. I like to remind people constantly on this show that I would never, ever in my entire life ever believe in God because <laughs> I feel like it would interfere with my opportunity to know God. There you go. I don't want anything interrupting that. I want to be completely open-minded. Um, why? Give me, tell me more reasons why you like jujitsu for kids. Um, the self-defense aspect, I think, is just like a given. Um, I think being a kid and knowing how to stand up to someone and not having to use like actual punches, like just being able to take someone down and control them until like a teacher comes over, stuff like that, is just so beneficial to to kids. Um, and I think. The, for me, it was a lot of, like, therapy, like, uh, getting out of, like, the real world. So, like, my parents went through, like, a horrible divorce when I was younger. 
but like being on the mats with like all like the adult and I was the only kid <laughs> in the adult class, but like being on the mats constantly, like around these all these great adults that like treated me like I was like their little sister and took care of me and, and it was such a it was such a blessing. Uh, are you an only child? No, I have an older sister and a younger brother. My younger brother does train. Um, so he started before me, actually. He was eight, and then he dropped out of it, and he didn't start back up until he was, like, 16, where I started when I was 11 and just kept going till now. And do you guys still – do you still live at home? Yes, I do. And you live with your – does your brother live with you? Um, so my brother lives with my dad. I'm, I'm with my mom and my sister. Okay. Um, are you close with your brother? Yeah, we're really close. Like we travel everywhere together. He's like my best friend. Uh, my my older sister's my best friend, and then my younger brother's my best friend. And then they hate each other. <laughs> I think it's like the age gap. Like I'm the middle child, so I just get along with both of them. Where like they have a bigger age gap, so I think it's harder for them to like connect. They and love each other, but it's a love hate relationship. <laughs> I understand. And uh, so your brother looks up to you. Yeah, he loves, I guess he, so. lo- he loves you to pieces. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's so awesome. There's yeah. nothing There's nothing better than family. It's cool being able to share a sport with him, too. Um, you know, being able to, like, support each other in, you know, competitions. Like, I think I get more nervous for when he competes than when I compete. Like, when he had his MMA fight, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm so nervous. Not that I don't have faith in him. It's just I get so ner- <laughs> nervous, like, for him. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, my son just told me this. He did his third tournament this weekend. And I said... He said, you know, I shake before I go on. And I said, you shake before you go on? He goes, yeah, the whole time, right before I step out onto the mat, I shake. I go, so you're shaking when, you, when you're actually out there? He goes, no, no, it stops as soon as you go out there. And it kind of made me feel good because the whole time he's out there, I want to throw up. But yeah. I feel so selfish because I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I'm, just like, I'm just standing here with a coffee in my hand. <laughs> yeah, my dad um, would always tell me how nervous he got. But he always played it cool. <laughs> I would, and he didn't know jujitsu, so he didn't do jujitsu. And then um, I had like a lot of coaches that want to come to competitions, so um, I would just tell him to, to yell the time to me because I didn't want him coaching me and then him telling me something wrong. Right, <laughs> so I right. To myself. <laughs> I've uh, I've I've done that. I've yelled at my kid to stand up, and then his jujitsu coach being like, "Hey, he, no, he he shouldn't stand up." And I'm like, "What do you, you know? I don't know shit." So I'm like, "What do you mean? The guy's on top of him. Of course he should stand up." He's like, "No." No, you don't know. Shut the fuck up. The coach. Yeah, the coach roll is, with oh, say, uh, say that again. You roll around with them at home. At oh, the kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just I, and I can already tell that they're uh, my oldest just turned seven, and like I just use brute force and toss them around. But I can already tell by the time he's nine, I'm fucked. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Same with tennis. He plays tennis uh, five days a week, more or less. But all three of them, and I can already tell. Oh, like my. That just me smashing the ball and hitting as hard as I can at them. That's not gonna. And this is a cool sport. Um, I had a girl in high school who was like, like ranked in like Pennsylvania for tennis. But uh, tennis is a badass sport. It's cool. So I do, I do skateboard. Do you skateboard? No, I don't. I feel like a lot of people in the jiu-jitsu community either like surf or skateboard, and I'm just, <laughs> I don't think I have the balance for it. I want to try surfing, but um, skateboarding was never uh, in my, in my. Uh, <laughs> range there. I couldn't fight. I couldn't skateboard. I couldn't dance. I couldn't do shit. I was the guy who got picked after like the girls started getting picked in high school. Like all the boys would get picked on. Then some of the best girls. Start, and then, then I would get picked. I was one of those dudes. So my kids are doing all the shit. Like they're going to learn how to fight. They're going to learn how to dance. And there you go. Hell yeah. 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 
So, okay, so at 11 years old, you start jujitsu. Tell me what you were doing before then. How old were you when your parents got a divorce? Uh, 12. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you'd already had jujitsu to kind of lean on and that family to kind of lean on. Yeah, so um, before I did jujitsu, I was just like an athletic kid. I would do like push-ups and sit-ups while we were watching TV, like for no reason. <laughs> um, and then I think they brought my brother first to try it and they saw them doing push-ups and stuff. My dad was like, Oh my God, Amanda would be perfect for this. Um, and I did my first class and I like just stuck with it ever since. Um, but I played like softball, basketball. Um, those were the only two sports that I played before, um, like grappling. And then, um, once I started jujitsu, I would do like on and off. I did like striking, like sometimes I do boxing, kickboxing, but it was never consistent. Like jujitsu has always been like jujitsu. I've constantly did for those 13 years. It's all I did where like kickboxing and boxing was just on and off. And when you say on and off, what do you mean? Like one day a week, every week, or uh, you no, do like so a month of it? And- yeah. So I would do like a couple months of it or maybe like a year of it. And then I would take, be like a year off. And then I would go back to like, I would find a boxing gym. I would do it for like a year and a half and then I would be off like stuff like that. Do you remember the first time you competed, like not in jujitsu, but just competed period, like in softball or basketball? Um, I remember in T-ball, my, my dad like loves this story. Um, but in T-ball, I started getting annoyed. I didn't want to go anymore because the they would always say it was a tie and I wanted to know who was winning. <laughs> so that was like the, the start of it. I remember like telling my dad, like, I don't want to go because it's always a tie. Um, How old were you? Uh, I was probably like six, seven. Do you remember that feeling? Um, I guess. And what not- was it about the tie you didn't like? Do you remember that? I just, I just remember being frustrated. Like I just wanted to know, like if I won, <laughs> like right. I, like it. I knew. I think realistically that you couldn't tie every time. <laughs> and yeah. I don't even think I noticed it the first couple of games, and then afterwards, I'm like, I want to know who won. Did I win? <laughs> um, so I've always been a competitive person too. Um, like even when we were younger, playing like Uno and stuff like that. Like I hated losing. <laughs> I still hate losing. <laughs> um, but. Um, I remember my first time competing in jujitsu. That was like clear as day because I lost in 15 seconds and wanted to go home and I was crying hysterically. My and that was, at, was that at 11? Yeah, I was 11. Okay. So my dad threw me in a tournament like four months in the training. So I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Um, my gi was like 500 times my size. Yeah, um, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. When I go to tournaments, you see the kids and you're like with the gis that go beyond their feet. You're like, oh, man. Yeah, I'm like, Dad, why did you let me go out like this? (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, yeah, so I, like, lost in 15 seconds. I cried, wanted to go home. And my dad was like, please just stay for one more, just one more more match. And I was like, okay. I did one more match, and I won, and then that was it. I'm like, oh, I love this feeling. This is going to be it. So then I just constantly competed for the last 13 years. I, I took When I took my son to his first tournament, he'd already been training for two years. It was just, like, three or four months ago. He was six, and um, it was in Stockton. Do you know Stockton, California? Um, is it where is that at? And like that's where the Diaz brothers are from. Oh, okay, it, it's it's inland. It's by Sacramento. Okay, okay. It's pre- it's pretty. It's a it's hardcore. It's yeah. it's I imagine it to be like a small version of Philly. Yeah, I got you. And um, so the the competition there was fierce. The kids were just it was nuts, and he got he got he got beat up pretty good. And I didn't think he was ever going to want to do it again. And then I took him to the next tournament, and he won one and lost one. And then I took him to one last week and or a couple of days ago, and he just mopped everyone up. 
Oh, yeah, in, San, in San Jose, I was like, oh, and someone told me that you need practice at tournaments. Yeah, I was literally going to say that. I think it's all about matter of just getting used to competing, um, especially for like kids, like just getting used to going out there and, and feeling what it, it feels like to um, being able to like handle like the adrenaline and the nerves and everything that you have all bottled up. And it really is crazy, like your um, son was saying, how everything just kind of stops when you're out there. Like it almost feels like the whole world just shuts off and you're just in front of that person and just you and that person, the whole world just stops. Are, are you, are you a big social media person? Do you spend time on social media? I hate social media. Okay. <laughs> now that my like Instagram blew up, everyone's like, you got to push your brand. You got to push your brand. I'm like, <laughs> do I really? <laughs> um, it's just, it's not that I, I feel like it's useful for some things and I love being able to like communicate with people when I need them. It's like having everyone's cell phone number. You just literally message anyone. Um, but I just hate that, like, if I start, I just feel, like, fake, almost, po- posting stuff all the time, because that's not me. So, that's why right. I like it. Everyone, when everyone was, like, push your brands, I'm like, I can't, because I'll feel fake. Like, I, I try to do, like, a on the Instagram story, like, oh, ask me questions. And then I Oh, think, I saw that. I yeah, saw I'm that. Like, I do this. <laughs> I'm like, I feel so fake. <laughs> but that's good. See, that, but that, so, I, I'll tell you, so, about a year ago, I started going live on Instagram and I fucking hated it. I'm like, I feel so fake. Why am I doing this? Is this like begging for attention? Um, I encourage you to fake it till you make it. And and what you did is perfect. You posted to ask me anything and then you're like, hey, this is fake. Those are all legitimate posts. Yeah, that's it. You're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Just yeah. every time, you know what I mean? Just keep calling yourself out. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if that's going to be your shtick, then, then, then just run with it. But you, I think you'll learn to... Um, in an era where so many people are talking about how bad social media is, social media needs someone like you. Like it's like, don't get the, um, uh, unfortunately, um, and I don't think this will happen to you. The girl you went against Gabby, um, Gabby Garcia. If you go to her social media, you'll see, it seems like she's been sucked up into the game. As long as you don't get sucked up into the game. And I don't mean that as a dig at her. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe that, maybe she didn't, maybe that's really who she is, but her social media, she seems like she got sucked up into the game, but I loved it when you said that, Hey, I tried this shit. Fuck this. I I'm not ready for this yet. I mean, that's, that's it. People are just looking for the next, um, authentic person. You probably, do you, do you watch any of the Daisy fresh guys? Oh yeah. So uh, we got to meet them when we were down there. They're they're so awesome. Yeah. And that's it. Like, like while I was doing a podcast with um, Heath, the guys are just walking in the background, interrupting the podcast, poking their heads. And I'm like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is the way it should be. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, so basketball, uh, basketball and um, softball. Did you like them? I loved softball. I didn't like basketball. Um, but softball, like if I didn't have, if I didn't find jujitsu, I probably would have just like continued like a hardcore softball career and probably would have went to college for softball. Um, but what position I, did you play? Um, so in grade school, I pitched. So my dad was like big on putting us into pressure positions. And I think that's probably why he loves jujitsu so much was because it's only you. Um, I mean, it, it is your team too, but when it comes to like competition time, it's only you. Uh, so I pitched and then in high school, I played like center field. Why do you think he liked putting you in pressure? Did do you know why he wanted to do um, that to you? He well, it's, you know too. I think it was probably for his entertainment too. <laughs> like you know, softball just gets so boring. Um, but he always took pride in the fact that we were able to handle like tough positions like that. 
like where you're like the whole game's kind of relying on you. So I think he like he he my dad's like a competitive person too, even though he wasn't really like athletic as a kid. Um, and I think that might be why too. <laughs> um, but he just you mean that he want he didn't same reason I'm doing it. We were schleps, and now we want our we don't want our kids to be schleps. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, but so like my dad was like a hardcore like dad coach, like you know. Um, so like I'll give you an example. In grade school, I was like in eighth grade, and um, we were in the championship for the softball game or whatever, and um, we came in second. And he wasn't even mad at me. He's because I he's like you played a great game. And then he, we were walking off with like the second place trophies and he told me to throw out my trophy in front of the whole team and the parents. And I literally threw out the trophy and everyone was going to get pizza after. And he goes, Nope, we're going home. Let's go. We went home. Everyone went and got pizza. We went home. <laughs> um, when I was playing softball one time, I like missed, uh, like, uh, I guess like, I don't even know what it was. I, I don't really remember it. I think I blocked it out because <laughs> I was so embarrassed, but he was like, Amanda, what are you waiting for? Santa Claus all the way. In- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know a lot of people like are like super against like parents being so hardcore, but I know for a fact that I would not be where I am today. If my dad wasn't the way he was. T- tell me about this throwing away the trophy thing with a little more detail. So each kid got their own trophy or. Yeah. So we each got like a second place trophy. Um, uh-huh. And. When we were coming off the field, he was just like, trash, we don't accept second place. That's what, <laughs> that's where I did, threw it, right in the trash. <laughs> did, do you cry? No, no. I, I was used to, and I, I was mad too. I'm I'm a competitive person. I didn't want second place. So to me, like, even when I got, like, second place um, medals and stuff, and even if I fought, like, a great fight, my dad would tell me to keep the medal. Like, if I fought hard and it was a great match, he'd be like, no, keep that. You you earned that, that, that second place medal. Um or, but if I, but I wouldn't want to keep it. Cause I'd be like, I don't want sec- I don't want a silver place medal. Like I want gold. Right. Um, but yeah, so like I would throw out my, tri- my, um, medals. If I, there was only two people in the bracket and I automatically got second, that was going in the trash. Um, so it was just like a matter of like, we don't accept second place. I was talking with someone just the other day about this. I had this other podcast. I don't know if it's still going or not. Everyone always asks me, but it was with a guy named Matt Fraser and he won the CrossFit games five times in a row. And he has a story that he tells that um, he, one of the years he took second place and he hated it. I mean, he was so fucking angry and then it ended up and he wanted to throw it away. I think that's how the story goes. And then he ended, he ended up deciding, no, I'm going to hang that up as a reminder that I never want this thing. And he said it ended up becoming his favorite medal because it was the one to, to remind him always, hey, do you want second place again? Do you want to like rest that. right now? Do you want to stop training? Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty badass mentality. And he's pretty – as I interview more and more of you guys, you guys all have these kind of what seem to non-champions as crazy stories. Like, it, yeah, of course it seems like a crazy story that your dad's telling you to throw away your trophy in front of the, the um, whole team. And there's all these people out there who are going to judge it. But but look at you now. Like, like if I, if I told you that I every time I make banana bread, I hold the bowl over my head and, and, and spin around 30 times – People might make fun of me, but if I keep winning every banana bread competition in the world and it's the greatest banana bread ever, it's like, hey, fuck you. Yep. Right? It's like, yep. <laughs> this is how you bake a champion. You got to add this. You got to add this. There's like, there has to be that story where like, yeah, you had the dad who was like 
too hard on you. And if you don't have that, you're not going to the top. Yep. And I think that was like, uh, I had a good balance because my dad was like that. And then my mom was super like, oh, my baby. Yeah. <laughs> like the perfect balance. <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. You had the nurture. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and um, like I said, even if I if I lost, but I had a great match and I fought my heart out, it was it was it was a good. It, my dad was proud as hell. So like it wasn't like a, a crazy instance where he would be like, even if I lost anything, he would be like angry or anything like that. It was it was um it was just a good a good way of like parenting me. I think. Did I you want to make him proud? Absolutely. Um, I think some kids though can be pushed like that, and other kids can't. Like, I don't think every kid could be pushed like that. Um, I think uh, some kids might, like, break underneath that kind of pressure and just not want to do the sport anymore, where it kind of, like, drove me to just want to do it more. Thrive. Yeah. Tell me about the intimacy of jiu-jitsu for kids. I, and I'll give you two, two, two things to kind of get the ball rolling. One, uh, uh, my kids don't go to school. They, they did homeschooling, and then and I don't even know what they do now. They're enrolled in a school, but I, I don't put masks on my kids ever, ever, ever. I don't let my kids do Zoom classes that my kids won't do any of that shit. They're four and six. They're, um, they're going to have, have a normal life as long as they can. Um, and, and, and other parents are like, well, hey, don't and, – and now other parents are saying to me, hey, aren't you concerned about your kids not being socialized properly? And then I show them pictures of the kids being 10 feet away wearing the mask. I'm like, no, I think if they don't get that, they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's insane. It's kids right now. It actually um, hurt when I go on planes and see little two-year-olds with masks on. I'm like, oh, my God. It's abusive. It, yep. it's, it's complete – it's complete fucking insanity. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. I just heard um, yesterday one of these fucking idiots that was on like one of these John Stewart shows or Colbert shows or whatever those shows are that never prove a point and just make fun of things. They were talking about how um, children are getting sick at four times the rate as they were before, and it's more important than ever that kids wear masks. And I'm thinking to myself, first of all, when you use math like that and you say four times the rate, you're saying that there were four kids sick last year and now there are um, 16. Like those are still minuscule numbers and you know that. So you're just manipulating the public, you assholes. And two, if the if everyone knows that childhood diabetes has doubled, but if they're telling us it's doubled, you know it's quadrupled. And if w there's nothing more dangerous for a child than to have type 2 diabetes. Nothing, 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 nothing. No cancer, no nothing. You are ruining that kid's life by making obese kids. Anyway, that's I'm, I'm done with the rant. So back to intimacy of uh, – um, Intimacy of jujitsu. So I explained to this parent, I said, hey, my kids have been doing jujitsu for the last three years with the same 10 to 20 kids. I can't think of any greater socialization. This shit is so intimate. And when I put Avi in jujitsu, it was, it was three days a week. And the first three months, he would only do the warm up. He wouldn't do any of the techniques. So then I would just be like, okay, you don't have to do the technique, but just sit on the mat, right? And, uh, and I would ask him, why don't you want to do the technique? He's like, because I don't want anyone touching me. And I'd be like, yeah, I totally get it. I don't want any of those kids or that strange, sweaty coach touching me either. And then after three months, Garth Taylor walked up to him. That's the guy who owns the gym, Garth Taylor Jiu-Jitsu in Santa Cruz, California. And he says, hey, Avi, did you know Batman does Jiu-Jitsu? Bam. Right on. And now it's been – now I cannot believe how he touches these boys and girls. 
Like they come to class, they hug, they put their arms between each other's legs, they lift each other up, they have their hands all over each other's backs, necks, chest, they grab the sweaty man, the sweaty female. Just, it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, how are you so comfortable with your body? Yeah. So um, that's why I think, I think it's so much easier for kids to start it than adults. Because I remember being a kid and I had like no inkling of like what it was like to touch, like where like touch someone somewhere and be like, oh, like, oh, is that okay? Where like as an adult, I think you're way more um, cautious of everything you're doing. Yeah. Is this okay? Like I really shouldn't be doing this. But as a kid, you're just like, oh, screw it. I'm here. I'm here. This, this. Um, You weren't worried at 11? No, I wasn't. I shockingly, I wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it was just getting used to. Maybe I think my first class it was like a little like uncomfortable, and then after that it was like smooth sailing. But I remember when I got to like sixth and seventh grade that I was like, I didn't even tell anyone in in my school that I did jujitsu. So like jujitsu thirteen years ago really wasn't popular at all. Like it's way more mainstream now than it ever was. Um, so you told people what jujitsu was, they would, they would be like, oh, it's karate. And you'd be like, no, it's not karate. Um, and I just remember like not telling anyone. Cause I'm like, oh man, all these kids are going to think I'm so weird <laughs> that I like do something so like touchy. Um, and I, and then when I was in high school, everyone found out because I wanted to join the wrestling team, but I went to a Catholic high school and they got it my junior year of high school. And they told me I couldn't because I'm a girl and I couldn't be on the boys wrestling team because girls and boys couldn't wrestle with each other was their thing. Um, so I like pushed it for a little bit, but then kind of like backed off because I'm like, I do jujitsu every single day anyway. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I just wanted to kind of make the point out. I was on like a couple of news stations and everything. Um, but yeah, so I just think it's way easier for a kid to start learning jujitsu than it is an adult. Not to say that adult an adult can't, but just like the whole, the whole touchy feely stuff, like it's, when you're a kid, is just like oh, whatever. Um, and it's just like almost like as a kid, it feels like so natural. I feel like for a kid to just like be like rolling and wrestling around with another kid, um, it's almost like primitive or something. Like it just feels good after you're done. <laughs> it's gotta feel good, yeah. Um, so why did oh, oh, there's two subjects I want to touch on? I want to touch on about that high school experience about trying to get on the wrestling team. But tell me, um, how did you find it if it wasn't mainstream when you were 11? Okay, so my dad um, watched UFC. And ah. yeah, so him and my uncle were like fascinated by the whole like um, jujitsu aspect of it. And then they found a school that did like MMA, um, but then they had the jujitsu kids program, and that's when they threw us in. Do, who do you remember your first instructor? Um, yes, his name was Jeff Cressman. Um, Is he still around? He is, um, he, I think he teaches at like a very small school or like he runs a class out of like his house or something. Um, but I do, I, he'll like comment on my stuff. And when I see him at tournaments, like we'll talk and stuff. Um, I was, I'm really lucky to have had so many great instructors. Um, so I first started off at Dadis fight camps when I was 11. And then I went to team balance, which is like a little more known, um, in the jujitsu community. Um, that's like the Megalaris brothers. And then they had, uh, their affiliate school was their cousin named Frankie and briefy, who was like a second dad to me. So nice. Um, and then I went to Andrew Gracie PA. And then I went to this small school called paper street, Brazilian jiu-jitsu where I probably learned most of my jiu-jitsu under Jason Frawley. 
Um, like all my jujitsu today, I owe to him. Um, like the back takes and everything like that. Um, which you, which, which was your kind of your bread and butter, which kind of catapulted you into stardom this past week. Yeah. So literally everything I basically did <laughs> this weekend, I, um, learned a lot from him. Um, so that was, I was with him from like 13 till like 16. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably where I, my jujitsu got the best. Um, and then after that, I went to Ricardo Almeida's and then, um, now I'm at a place called precision. Um, and I'm just, I'm just really lucky to have had such great instructors. Um, when were you at the place called Dante Riviera? Oh, so he was an affiliate school of Ricardo's. So I would just go there for MMA. And then when I fought MMA, I just used his school as my school for, uh, okay. There's a guy who trains there and his name is the Mexicutioner. Oh, really? <laughs> That's a pretty bad name. <laughs> that is, right? <laughs> when I was researching you, they were talking about the guys who fight under that school. And there was the guy named the Mexicutioner. I was like, wow. Yeah. I hope he's Mexican. If he's not Mexican, it's racist. It's racist. <laughs> but if he's Mexican, it's okay. Um, uh, um, we were talking about wh- where you went to school. Damn, I lost my train of thought. There was oh, something wow. I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you about. During the wrestling team? Frawley. Yes, I want to go back to that, but I want to ask you about Frawley the Choke. Oh, okay. For those of you who don't know, who is this girl that's on Sevon's podcast right now? Is she the next great CrossFit champion? No, better than that. This past week, uh, Amanda Levy. Am I pronouncing your name right? Uh, it's Levy, but everyone says Levy, so I just kind of go with it. <laughs> I, I understand. When your name's Sevon, you're used to that kind of stuff. Amanda Levy. Um this past weekend, it's something called WNO, and that stands for who is num- who's number one? Yep. The WNO Championship. It was the first one ever, right? Yeah, it was. Um, they did a great job with the production of everything, too. And great prize money. Holy shit. Yep. <laughs> it's an invite-only tournament. Amanda was invited there where she tangled with what is arguably, and I think most people would agree, the greatest uh, female uh champion of all time and there was an incredible size difference and the lady's name was uh, gabby garcia she got like a half million followers on instagram she's looks like you know one of those people that's like you're like okay that's the eighth wonder of the world and uh eventually we will get to that match and and what it was like getting in the ring with her i also noticed um were you the smallest girl in that tournament in that bracket um, I think I was one of the smaller girls. Uh, I think a lot of us played around the same. So I weighed in at like 159. Um, she makes me look like I'm like 125. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so a lot of us were in the 150s, and I think like someone was maybe in the 180s. The 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 other girl you the who won the tournament. I watched your match against her, and she I, I, she was 25 pounds heavier than you. Yeah, yeah. I think she was like uh, probably like 180 or higher. Yeah, and, and when I say 25 heavier than you, of, of muscle, she didn't look like she had an ounce oh, of fat on her. She's yeah, like a rock. Yeah, she's um, <clears throat> she's built very, like, thick. Is that crazy when you engage someone for the first time? Like, you get in there, and then you first you put your arms around her, and your brain, like, is like, okay. Like, your brain starts sending messages of evaluation to your body, and you're like, hey, shut the fuck up, because it's, like, <laughs> impressed by the other person's body. Well, yeah, like, so- you grab her, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's like the strength you usually pick up on right away. Like, oh shit, they're strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it's like that um, when I used to film the CrossFit games. Like, and, and I would like pat one of the guys on the back, and it did. They don't even feel human. Yeah. Like literally, you're like dunk dunk dunk, and it's like what? <laughs> that, that's not flesh. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's some weird shit. Um, so you are you're 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 doing jujitsu, and, and are jujitsu and wrestling similar? Like, what makes you think if you're on the jujitsu team that you, for if you're doing jujitsu from the age of eleven, that you can just step onto the boys' wrestling team at fifteen at your high school or sixteen? Um, so they just were they just happened to get it at when I was a junior when I was fifteen or sixteen. Okay. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. I want to join the wrestling team. Like, it just it'll be great experience for my jujitsu. I wasn't even looking at it for like a long-term jiu-jitsu, like wrestling thing. I just wanted to learn it to help my jiu-jitsu out. Um, but yeah, so wrestling and jiu-jitsu are very different. And I didn't start realizing this until I dated my boyfriend. I started, I've been dating my boyfriend for almost three years now, but he was a wrestler. So he started wrestling at four years old. And um, wow, the mentality that wrestlers <laughs> have versus jiu-jitsu people is literally night and day. Jiu-jitsu people are so lazy, and then wrestlers are just so hard-nosed to the grind. It, they embrace the struggle to, like, no end. They, like, try to break each other mentally. It is, like, so different. Like, two totally different worlds. Um, like, their grit that they have, wrestlers have, is, like, insane. I'm not saying that jiu-jitsu people don't have that, but... You're saying culturally it's not... Ste- it's not yeah. it's steeped in wrestling. Yeah. And then so, jujitsu, it's it's more like, hey, let's roll and then go to the beach. Yeah. So like jujitsu is more like, oh, okay, like, yeah, you want to try jujitsu? Like, yeah, sure, jujitsu is for everyone. That's like the new like phrase, I think, is like jujitsu is for everyone. Um and we're wrestling, it's like, oh, you don't like this, then leave. Like it's not it's not for everyone. Which right. I kind of wish that like at some point jujitsu would be more a little more like hard nosed because I think jujitsu is getting watered down a bit from um, like being so inclusive. Um, not that it's a bad thing. It's a good thing that you get to use like inclusive and stuff. I just think it's like the mentality is just a little different than it was maybe like 10 years ago when I was a kid. Okay. So yours, it wasn't always like that. Um, no, it, it, it was closer to wrestling and now it's, as it becomes more mainstream and there's more family gyms, you're saying it's kind of lost a little bit of its edge. I think so. At least on the East coast from what I'm seeing on the East coast, um, I think that it's just getting like almost like watered down a little bit uh, compared to like where like wrestling is just always like hardcore. Go uh, as soon as you're done watching this or pause this now. Go to YouTube. Flow Grappling was nice enough to make it for free on YouTube and type in Amanda Levy. I said it right, right? Yep, <laughs> Amanda Levy, just like it sounds, Amanda L E V A, and then you'll start seeing her matches. And once you start, it'll be hard to stop. And one of the reasons why. And I had no idea that this existed. She does a lot of mixed matches too. And they have millions of views, millions, no exaggeration here, of her going against um, uh, dudes, people with penises. And they're in tournament settings and they are really, really impressive matches. And you might start watching them because of that reason like I did, but three seconds in, you will only watch them for the (laughs) athletic prowess. She doesn't go against anyone easy. There is, uh, it's, it's legit um hardcore combat jujitsu it's dope um okay so so tell me about so you're you're in you're sitting in english class and the teacher says hey guys just so you know we bring wrestling to the school this year if you want to sign up and and you just start walking over there mm-hmm. after class like t- like did you know it was going to be controversial tell me what was going through yeah your head. i already knew it was going to be controversial because <clears throat> someone i knew that was joining the wrestling team what said something like oh they're not gonna let girls join because they uh you know why because so they, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, we have... What is that? That's like one of the dudes who's like closer to God than you, like in the yeah, chain? Yeah, basically. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so the 
archdiocese of Philadelphia. So they like look over all the Catholic schools in the Philadelphia area. Um, so there's all boys schools, all girls schools, and there's co-ed schools. So my, my school is a co-ed school. Um, but there's a father judge school. That's what it's called. Father judge. It's an all boys school. And they've had wrestling in there for years, but they never had it in the co-ed school. So they just started getting it in the co-ed school. And they said, you're not gonna be able to wrestle because when boys from father judge get put up against a girl from a public school, like in, in meets, the, the, the archdiocese makes the boy forfeit. Okay. So just say you're going for a state championship and you have to fight a girl from a public school, they would make the boy forfeit. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm like, that's stupid, but whatever. Because I grew up, like all those matches that you saw is me going against boys because there were no girls for me to go against. You go to tournaments now, you see a ton of girls. Ton. Kid, my, my kids' class is like at least half girls. Yeah. When I was a kid, there was literally no girls ever like they, there was maybe like a handful of us and we would go against each other all the time or most of the time i i was I, and then i started getting bigger than all the girls those girls are still way the same i just grew um and i i had to start going against boys um so i think that was beneficial beneficial to me too i think that's what also helped me you know get better like dealing with like the strength that guys had when i was like a teenager and having to fight with that i think has definitely helped me you know, in my jujitsu career now, but then I was walking to lunch and they had the sign up table for the wrestling team. And the coach was there and I was like, Oh, I want to sign up. He's like, you can't. And I'm like, why? And he was like, the archdiocese isn't going to let me sign you up because you're a girl. So I went over to like the athletic director's office and he wasn't in. And then I told, I told my dad or whatever. And I forget how it unfolded from there. And then, um, we ended up contacting the news and then they ended up doing a story on me. And when they asked for a, like, uh, like a statement from the archdiocese, they made it sound so sexist. It was so terrible. It was like, we cheat, we teach gender differences. Um, whatever. I don't even know. I don't forget what their statement was. And, uh, then I was on like a couple other news stations and it was cool because my whole high school was like super supportive. And then they, found out that I did like jujitsu. So everyone was like looking up all my YouTube videos, like, Oh my God, you're such a badass and stuff like that. So like, there was like a hashtag, like let Levy wrestle. Um, so it was cool that they were like so supportive. And then I, you would catch wind of like teachers saying like, Oh, she shouldn't be able to wrestle. And then you hear other, uh, like other teachers would come up to me and be like, I hope you win. I hope you, you're able to get on the wrestling team. Um, so it was just like a cool experience to like kind of <laughs> navigate through. Um, but yeah, so in the end, I just ended up giving up on it. I probably, I, I'm pretty sure I could have sued them because if you get any type of government funding, you have to follow title nine, which says that basically you have to let me wrestle. Like you can't discriminate against sex. Uh, but yeah, so I just ended up like dropping it and just doing jujitsu. I'm glad you said that you can't discriminate against sex and you didn't say I can't discriminate against against gender so many people don't know the difference between sex and gender and yeah. it's it's insane even even the smartest people in the room use the word gender wrong it's like stop using that word stop yeah. using that word you don't even know what it means it's sex penis yeah. vagina yep uh and and um so but where you said you have a boyfriend now of three years and he's and he wrestles yep and just to give a timeline for people she's 24 now so that story she told about high school happened eight years ago 
going back to the intimacy thing, I'm, I'm in all of these matches that I'm watching you with the boys. I don't know what it's called, but when my kids are doing um, jujitsu, there's a ton of time where you're in like um, closed guard when they have their legs wrapped around you, right? You're in between someone's legs, and they start with their hands on the other person's chest, wh- where girls' boobs are. And, and like they're six years old and they, that's how they start. They'll be like, okay, start in that position. That's like a constant thing. Like when you're on top, put your hands right away on the person's chest. So as I'm watching all these matches with you against these guys, I never see them do that to you. Yeah. So I mean, like they put their, they go like this on your shoulders. They grab your shoulders. I see guys like grab your fucking rib cage with their hands, Yeah, but I never see a dude just post up right on your boobs. And are they like avoiding that or. Well, so technically you want to keep your hands like on their hips. Cause if you're. If your hands are too extended, you get you can get arm barred. So it, okay. it leaves you very vulnerable to stuff. So you don't want to. The rule is technically you don't want to go past the belly button. Okay. So, um, so there's that reason, and then probably they might have been uncomfortable, um, especially if they never rolled with a girl before. Um, I know, uh, I know, like sometimes they like I would hear they would just get like annoyed that I was like in their division or whatever, but there are no other, no other girls there for me to, to compete against. So it was kind of right. like either I'm in this division or I'm not competing. Um, I don't blame them for being annoyed. Um, I, I, they have to get over it. Change is hard, man. Change is fucking hard. I don't, I don't blame the guy getting up there and like being like, fuck this. He's scared. He didn't want to go against the girl. It's, 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 it's foreign. It's foreign, but that doesn't mean you don't got to get over it. Like you got to get over it. Like, Hey, <laughs> just like i would never get over it i would never compete against men you know what i mean like i would never go and try to sign up for a men's division it's just i know realistically that i wouldn't be able to i mean like i'm sure i could beat some guys but like for if i was to go into a brown belt division guy division or a black belt division guy division like they should mop the floor with me (laughs) like realistically if they're if they're a legit brown or black belt um i i mean I always say this too, like. Uh, By the way, you guys, she's being very humble. If you go watch her videos, no, no, no one wants to go against her. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what belt they are. If you're always, her weight class, you do not want to go against her. I always say, like, when a new guy comes in and like I beat them up, I'm, I always tell them, I'm like, I'm beating you up now because I'm not gonna be able to beat you up in like two years. <laughs> oh, so that's nice of you. That's nice of you. <laughs> man you're sweet you don't have to do that oh so so and i do and i would see that too in some of your matches and and maybe i'm just projecting but i would see guys i don't want to say take it easy on you but they almost seem like they're a little more careful where they're putting their hands and then 30 seconds into it they realize they're in for the fucking fight of their life and they're like fuck this (laughs) and and they kind of like a beat of sweat's dripping off them and and then it's 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 all go yeah yeah so um do those I guys agree. know? Like, how does a guy go ahead? Go ahead, finish that thought. I won't. Forget I was my say, I'm actually like friends with some of them that I used to uh, compete against. Um, that so that's pretty cool now that I'm like friends with them now. But uh, yeah, a lot of them I competed against. So I'll see them at tournaments or something. And I'll say hi to them. Um, it's really cool actually to watch other people like accomplishing things that you used to go against in tournaments too. Um, yeah, because not everyone stays with the sport you know a lot of people like life gets in the way and a lot of people drop out of the sport and um it's just cool to see people that actually have stuck with it like you and seeing seeing them accomplish stuff is pretty neat yeah i i already this last six months you know we just started going to tournaments and we've been to three already and it's our it's really cool seeing the same same parents same kids yeah i can see yep. that yeah in 10 years it's going to be even mean even more i haven't yeah. exchanged uh 
contacts with one of the parents this time. Yeah. Did you like some training and stuff or just, the- um, he had a, he has a six year old girl and my, and my son went against her and they were in the same class. It's the second time they've met up. Um, and I just, he's so sweet and I feel like I'm sweet to his kid. And I just like, okay, I want to have this guy's contact. You know, he, yeah, he lives awesome. probably like 70 miles from me. I don't know what the intention was, but I just wanted to like have the op- option, right? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. As they get older. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, when you, so how, tell me how that works in mixed competitions. Like, do the do the guy is it do the guys like at, at my kids' age they're just mixed just because they're all mixed but like how do you end up going against you're at a competition setting how do you end up going against a man? Uh, well, so yeah, so I never when you're 18 you go against women or men. So 17, 16, 15, all the way down, you're going against either a girl or a boy. So they usually separate girls and boys division, but then there was never any girls for me like in that. You know, they separated by weight, um, age, and then skill level. So there was never any girls in, like, my weight or age and the advanced division. So I would always have to just be put in the boys' division because that was that. So Um, there weren't even other girls in it? No. Yeah, so like I said, like, when I tell you, you go to tournaments now and you see, like, all these little girls, it's absolutely insane. Like, I can't even believe it because when I was a kid, there was no girls in, in, like, the divisions. Like, you would get... You would see girls, and then they would they'd be gone like the next the next tournament. You know, they would never stick around. Like there was like three of us that were like uh, that were girls that were, were dedicated and would be at competitions all the time. Um, but they were a lot smaller than me too. So it was Danielle Kelly who's still in the game now. She's still in big in jujitsu. She was on who's number one with me. Okay, um, she was in the one fifteen division. So she just never grew. <laughs> she was little all the time. Um, and then there was this other girl that we used to always have to go against too. And there was literally only three of us in that in that circuit, really. And then, you know, they would always end up going against each other, and then I would always have to go against the boys because I was I weighed more. Can you make one thirty five? I made one thirty five one time, and I will never do it again. I hated it. It was so dry. <laughs> it was terrible. So if you fi- if you fight MMA, if you continue fighting MMA, you'll go one forty five. Yeah. So I'm signed with the PFL right now. And they only have a 155 women's division, so um, which is nice because I could just literally eat clean and be at 156 easy. Yeah. Um, where I did fight at 145, and that was an easy weight cut for me. So I, if I left the PFL, I would fight at 145. Uh, PFL is Professional Fight League. Yep. So you would going back to the tournaments. You would go to a tournament. And they would be like, hey, there's no women. We're going to sign you up for the men. And then they would be like, how much do you weigh? And you'd be like, 140. What belt are you? You would say, whatever, blue. And then they'd say, okay. And then you would be in there against dudes who are 140 blue belts? Yeah. Yep. Oh, shit. So, okay. Yeah. So it was up until I was 17. So, if, okay. I mean, I started doing the women's division. So my dad was a psycho when I told him <laughs> with divisions. So he would sign me up for my regular division, right? So my age, brat, weight and skill level. And then he would put me in the weight class above me. And then he would put me in the age bracket above me. And then he'd put me in the age and the weight class above me. And then he put me in the women's division. So I would do like nine divisions. Most kids do two divisions, their gi division and their no gi division. Yeah. I would do like nine divisions and get like 13 matches in a tournament. And I would literally just get done one match, get up, they would be calling my name at two other mats and I would go to the next mat, get up, go right to the next one. 
No oh, break. You shouldn't have told me that. My poor kids. You shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> my poor kids. Uh, it, it, it's for those of you who are ha, don't know how crazy that is. My kids signed up for Nogi and Gi, and the the Gi competition. There were tons of kids, and Nogi. There's like uh, most parents only take their kids there for two matches, one division. And I signed my kid up for two divisions, and it was already like they had to like mix age groups and weight groups because there were so few kids who would do Nogi. So it's nuts that you would do that. So if, if if when Amanda says she goes up a weight division, that means there's also going to be people up there who are – it's going to be broader than the weight division she was even in sometimes. Man, and, and would you would you clean up? Would you win all the matches sometimes? Um, not I mean not all of them, but <clears throat> there was a lot of boys that would give me a hard, hard time. But um, I did relatively good. The one time I did, had like 13 matches and I won like 11 um, – I, it was it was so beneficial and, and then everyone knew who I was because they would just see this like I wore like this hot pink rash guard and they would just see this girl just going from one to the next to the next to the next and then the one time um, there was a tournament and I got my ass handed to me all day just lose, loss after loss after loss and I, to the point where they called me for like this my last match and it was against a girl my age in, in the gi and I was the ref like looked at my dad and was like, "Are you gonna make her do this one too?" Because I I looked like, <laughs> dead. And my dad was like, "She can do whatever she wants." And then he walks away, and he's the ref looks at me. He's like, "So you're gonna do it?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then I end up like, I don't I want to say break the girl's arm, but I ended up popping the girl's arm in an arm bar after that. And that was my first win of the day after just getting my ass handed to me. Um, so yeah, that's one of my favorite stories too. It's just like. It was so funny because I remember I would just did not want to do it, and my dad goes, "She can do whatever she wants." And I'm like, uh. <laughs> "Like leave, like leave it to you. Yeah. Put the pressure on you. Yeah, good." So, and then I ended up doing it. And I ended up ended up winning. Um, for those of you who don't know, gi is like the outfits you see like the guys wearing in Karate Kid. It's like the pants and the and the jacket, and uh, and no gi is is basically you're just in a like a surfer's long sleeve shirt and a pair of like booty shorts, right? Or, or yeah. like leggings, like really yeah. tight. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting that he said that. That makes me feel better because I take my kids to the tournament and the whole time at all three tournaments, my son's like, hey, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm like, yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah. Like you don't – like he he wants – he either, I, I feel like he's ta- wants me to take the responsibility off him. Like he wants me to either make a force him or say he doesn't have to do it. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not doing either. I'm yeah. just going to keep walking him to the mat. And if he doesn't want to do it, that's cool. Like I told him, I, I and I tell him, I'm like, hey, if you if you end up not doing it, the Legos I bought you at home for your reward, it's still there. It's a, it's, it's all up to you. But I have to get you dressed, and I have to bring. And so then he finishes the gi, goes, hey, I am not doing no gi. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And he's like, why are you getting me dressed? Like just in case. And then and then they call his name, and I walk over there, and he goes, I'm not going to do it. And then he goes out there, and he wins, and, not, and you know, <laughs> and he's all excited because he got his medals and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I never tell him. It's just like that. What your dad said. I'm gonna like be there. And I would be proud of me if he if he told the ref if he bowed out and said I'm not going to do it I would be totally fine with that. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not going to take responsibility for that. That's yep. all. It's all on you. Um, he asked me the other day why he or he didn't ask me why he shakes. He told me he shakes before he gets on, and I explained it to him like this. I said, Hey, I think what that is is fight or flight, and most people um, choose to flee. And and there's nothing wrong with fleeing. But you're retraining yourself to fight. Is there any truth in that? Like, I just made that up on the fly for him. No. So um, I actually started with, like, a mindset coach um, <clears throat> in August. Reece- yeah. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. Who's that? Um, his name's Mike Moore. 
Okay. Um, it's called Wrestling Mindset. Okay. And basically, it's about like handling how to compete. And okay. I, I'm going to have him on. Is that okay? If I, if I steal, oh, yeah, steal, steal him for an hour from you? Okay, oh, cool. Yeah, you probably love it. <laughs> um, so his whole thing is like retraining your thoughts and navigating through your bad thoughts. So like when you want to give up and you're like, uh, I don't want to do this or just relooking at how you compete. Like instead of competing, like, Oh, I have to do this. It's like, Oh, I want to do this. I'm excited to do this. I can't wait to go out there and showcase my skill. Um, and like that kind of that difference. And, um, especially when I got to like a higher level, I feel like I was just like so nervous to lose where now I'm just excited to be able to go out there and compete. Um, and I'm in such a better headspace completely. Um, because of it. Uh, so I just feel like I'm a whole different fighter just because of working with him for like since August. I started working with him right before my professional MMA debut. And he just like kind of like it's it's nice because it's like a third party person, right? So it's not like me talking to my boyfriend and my boyfriend being like, you're great. Like stop, stop being nervous. Or like my dad being like, oh, dude, you've competed how many times? Like you've got this. It's someone on the outside that's just like giving you advice and talking you through your bad thoughts and you're like, Oh, you're right. It's not that big of a deal. Ah, they're right. Like at the end of the day, everyone's still going to love me for who I am. Oh, you're right. This. So it's, it's, it's pretty neat how, um, how much it's helped me. I want to, I want to, I want to come back to what you said. Um, uh, you were nervous to lose. I want to come back to that and, and how you became aware of that, because I think that's a, a thing that a lot of people don't even, realize is that when they become it's like you can have all these thoughts and not even be aware of them like for the first step is to is hey you got to become aware of what the fuck you're thinking i want to go back to what you were saying about being competitive as a little kid do you think all kids are competitive and parents take that out of them like it, like every, every kid has the story the first time like you're five years old and you're playing checkers with your mom and she beats you and you start crying right or you lose a game of uno and you start crying is that every kid um you know what? I don't really know. I so I taught kids for a little bit for jujitsu, and um, for the most part, like every kid wanted to win. <laughs> I didn't see one kid that that didn't want to win. Um, even if they were like hard to even get on the mat to do jujitsu when they were in the class and stuff, like they still wanted to win. Um, but I think it's just like maybe the pressure kind of deters a lot of kids off um, that like parents can put on them. That's what I said. Like, I think some kids, you can push them, and other kids will just break underneath it. Do, do you know what it looks like when they break? Um. Yeah, it's just, I think it, it almost looks like they're burnt out, I would I would say. Like, they don't even, they have no interest in it. They usually want to cry. Um, so I would say almost like, like when you're burnt out from doing something so much, that's what it kind of looks like in a kid. I, I, I see the opposite, too. I see there's this group of kids and these group of parents at, at all these places I go, like tennis, jiu-jitsu, skateboarding, just ballet, whatever I take my kids to. And there's these parents like I'll show up there with my kids and, th- and they'll have th- two or three kids also. And one of their kids won't be doing it. And I'll be like, hey, why isn't so-and-so rolling today? And they go, oh, he doesn't want to. And I'm like, it, I can't even believe they listen to their kid. 
Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He doesn't want to. Like, you drove here. And and what I do with my kid is I'm like, if they say that to me, um, I'll just say, okay, no problem. Put your gi on and sit in the mat in um, base. I don't like, but but yeah. you got to get on there. Like, we fucking drove here. Yep. Like, you, there's no like, or they'll be like, oh, he's done with tennis now. He wants to do basketball, and I'm like, done with tennis. Like, you're two years in. Like, we'll add basketball to the mix. You know, you're not. You're not done until you're, yeah, like I just, I I can't tell if I'm doing it wrong. I don't think I am. I just don't think that it should be the kid's choice. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the kid's choice. It's not, I don't, my. it's not my kid's choice whether he chews his food with his mouth open or closed. Do you want to eat at the table or do you want to go in the hallway and eat with the dog out of a bowl? Like those are your choices. If you eat at the table, your mouth stays closed. I don't like, I like, there's no like, you'll start tomorrow. I don't, I just, I, and not because I'm being a dick, but because I want the best for them. I don't care if they hate me. I don't care. That's not my, I'm not there to win a popularity. I think every kid should, should be playing a sport in general just to, I think the social aspect of it. And then the whole aspect of like working hard and practicing towards like a greater goal yeah, uh, is just so beneficial. And I think it's something that needs to be taught in every single kid. Like I, I, my two cousins, so my dad has a twin brother, okay? And his twin brother was like my second dad growing up. So if my dad couldn't take me to a tournament, my uncle was taking me to a tournament. Oh, my that's dad, cool. I'm, I'm so lucky. I had, My grandparents would take me to practices that were like an hour away. I used to drive an hour to jiu-jitsu each way when I was a kid. And like my uncle would take me, my grandparents would take me, my dad would take me, my mom. But... My uncle was literally like my second dad would always be there for tournaments and everything. Um, but he, he has two kids that don't even play any sports. I'm like, what? Like you push me so hard and your kids don't even play any sports. Are you, what? <laughs> yeah. People struggle pushing their own kids. People struggle. Yeah. yeah um, so it was like night and day. I, I, I have, I take three kids, so it makes me feel a little better, but it's 20 minutes to jujitsu. Um, and it's an hour drive home because of traffic. Uh, and yeah. I do that three days a week, and then the other two days they come to the house. And, and, and I'm glad to hear you say that um, about the striking thing too, because my kids do. I sign them up for striking one day a week too, where uh, one of the instructors comes to the house and then and they hit pads. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And that's a that it's crazy to see a four, five, six year old do that because it's more like a math lesson. Yep, I know. Just, it's so like technical. It's crazy. Woo! It's crazy screaming out the numbers. Um, tell me about WNO. Like, what do you know about it? How did it pop on the scene? How did you get invited? Like, any anything and everything. Like, and how it relates to Amanda Levy. Um. So, who's number one is um. It started. I, it didn't even start that long ago. I want to say maybe two years. Um, and they were just good at getting um into like the mainstream of the sense of like good spectators. Um. Flow grappling, which like um, does that, does like everything for like jujitsu nowadays, like videotaping high level matches and tournaments. Um, so it was just like a collaborative effort of like that, those two coming together and um, just putting on a great show of, of like athletes and stuff. So they are like an invite only. So like you have to be invited to go and compete for them. Um, and do you know who owns for Flow Grappling? It's a I, website, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so they have like flow wrestling, flow grappling, flow everything, flow gymnast, gymnastics and stuff like that. I don't really know who owns that, um, but yeah, they just do such a great job with production and stuff. They really make you feel like you're like in like a legit, like professional setting. Um, they're like videoing you, like you're videoing your warm ups and everything. Um, so it is pr- it's pretty neat. Um, so who's it's number a guy one? Na- it's a guy named Martin Mar- Mark. What's the guy's name? Matt Matt just pulled it up. He yeah, I, it. I don't know his last name, but it looks like Martin is CEO. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's the good. He just has one name, Flow Grappling Owner, Martin, CEO. It's okay. like Cher, but Mark. Okay. Is it a public company, Matt? No. No, so it's okay. Okay, cool. Okay, sorry, uh, Amanda. So they make you feel professional? Yeah, so um, they, like, mic'd up. Um, they were excited for my match because I called the uh, – Gabby out in the press conference. I saw so that. Yeah, so they like mic'd up my coach, um, Jay Regalbuto, who's also awesome. He's like super knowledgeable. He's like he did commentary for them. Um, he does commentary for a lot of like the jujitsu matches. So uh, he's like so knowledgeable. It's insane. Um, so supportive too. He's like a like a always so happy, so grateful to be in the moment kind of guy. So it's cool to have him in my corner. Um, and uh, they mic'd him up. Like did they call? Let me let me stop you for a second. Did they do they call? Are you do you get a DM saying, "Hey, this is so and so from Flow Grappling. Would you like to enter the WNO?" So um, Jay Regalbuto has a lot of connections because he does commentary. So any opportunities that I get in the grappling community is usually through him reaching out, being like, "Hey, can Amanda be on this card? Hey, you need someone for this card?" And they'll they'll throw me on. Well, and and do you have an agent? No. Um, well, uh, now I do like a management company yeah, for yeah. my MMA for like professional MMA just to negotiate numbers and stuff. Um, but like for jujitsu, I usually just go through Jay. Who, who is your MMA manager? Uh, they're called Sucker Punch. Um, oh. Sucker Punch Management. Yeah. I'm trying to think if it was J- – there's someone, there's someone who, who I, I interviewed – in the UFC, who's with Sucker Punch? I'm trying yeah, to remember they do a who lot it is. Of, they do a lot of uh, a lot of professional fighters that are like in the UFC, Bellator, um, and stuff like that. They have a, a a lot of good athletes. They reached um, out to you, Sucker Punch, or yeah. Sucker Punch. Uh, so Sucker Punch, way I got them was through my striking coach. Um, he had a guy that was managed by them, and then he reached out to them and said, "Hey, you know, you see any?" Um, professional organizations looking for a 145er or 155er. I have a female that that's trying to get her first uh, pro debut. And um, they're like, okay, cool. And then they heard about uh, the PFL needing a 155er. And they called my coach up and was like, oh, is a man in? And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And you won. Yep. And and you didn't have to do any amateur fights? You just did, jumped right into the professional? No, I, I had two amateur fights. But the problem with amateur fights was that I couldn't get anyone to fight me an amateur because they would see my jiu-jitsu background and then they would be like, yeah, I'm not fighting her. She's too experienced in jiu-jitsu. Um, so I had Are, your jiu-jitsu really is a, is, is going to be a problem for people. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> it's it's going to fucking be a problem. Uh, do you have any concerns? Sorry. I know we're getting ahead of the game. I want to go back to WNO, but do you have any concern? Like when you see people like Ben Askren and you're like, Oh shit, I don't want to end up like that. Um, no, uh, no. I kind of, so my thing is too, like, I'm not, 
uh, I guess, like, a huge fan of the sport. Like, I'm not a spectator for the sport. Like, I don't, okay. like, I'm not, like, a diehard UFC fan or a diehard, like, jiu-jitsu, you know, fan where I'm, like, watching all the matches and stuff. Like, I am someone that, that rather be doing it than watching it. Okay. So, like, I was never big into watching sports ever, like, in my whole entire life. Like, I just never, football, eh. Like, if it was a big game, yeah, cool, let's watch it. Basketball, I hate it watching. Baseball, I'm like, again, if it's a World Series, cool, let's watch it. Um, but I was never a spectator of the sport. So I don't pay too much mind to other people, people's careers, I guess you could say. Um, and, yeah, so I'm, I'm not, like, super worried about anything like that yet. Um, and then my last MMA fight, I got knocked down. So I, I got the feeling of basically what it's like to have your legs shut off. Um, and I was able to bounce back, so we'll see how the next one goes. Wait, I didn't see that. Your first fight that you won, you also got knocked out for a second? Yeah, so my, so my pro debut for uh-huh. the PFL, um, the first round, I was actually winning on my feet striking-wise. And then that one punch just came. It hit me, like, right right here and like, the jaw. And it just, like, I was still completely aware. Like, not like nothing shut off up here. It was just my legs completely just turned right off. Like, she almost, like, hit a switch that turned my legs off. It was the wildest thing I've ever felt. And um, I got, like, knocked down, and she came forward. And then as she came forward, I was able to grab a single leg, take her down, and get her to make a choke. Isn't that crazy? I watched that fight, and I didn't even – that didn't – I didn't – I didn't even know. Yeah. So, like, my first – But you knew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my um, first amateur fight um, was in New York, and I won that in, like, two minutes. So, like, it sucks because I'm like, damn, this wasn't even an experience. I mean, like, it was great, but it, it was also, like, damn um, – so then I did like a boxing match and a kickboxing match just to get more experience on my feet. And then I had a fight in 2019 um, in West Virginia. So West Virginia is cool because it's pro rules, but it's amateur. So I went three rounds with that girl. And on the third round, I, I knocked her down with a hook. And I just didn't finish in time. Like I, we were ground and pounding and then the time went off. But my whole point of that match was I wanted to stay on my feet to get more experience of like what it's like to get punched. And just be able to be in the game because amateur does not matter. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can have like a thousand losses, and then once you go pro, you're zero and zero again. So it doesn't it's, amateur doesn't mean anything. So you might as well try to get all the experience you can in amateur before you go pro. So then I was just trying to get an amateur fight, trying to get an amateur fight. More things were falling through, and then I was like, all right, I guess I'm just gonna have to go pro. And I, I'm like tired of waiting because um, my first a- amateur fight was in 2017. And, uh, you know, then I went pro and the PFL is freaking awesome. Put you up in a great hotel. They take care of you so well. Um, you, I could literally like text someone for anything and they would bring it right to my room. Like no problem. Um, so that was a really cool experience too. Um, does your dad have any concerns about you doing, um, that, Hey, I got her into the sport and now she's actually getting punched in the face. Is he like, fuck, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mean that to happen. Um, no, I think he like, loves this <laughs> he's like so excited um i think this is really what he wanted and, and for like the end game anyway it was like mma um because he's always been such a fan of the ufc like the sport itself so i think just like me being in the sport that he like really loved when he was when it was like first starting out um is just exciting for him i wonder if your mindset's indicative of um champions that like hey they don't really like they don't really want to watch the shit or like, or like professionals. Like you don't have time to watch the shit. Like, like spending three hours on Sundays and three hours on Saturdays watching the NFL is like, 
sorry, I'd rather be doing something else with my time. Yeah. So like, I, just, I don't know why I just never, never cared to really watch any other sport. Like I'm like, damn, I'd rather be playing it than watching it. Do you drink alcohol? Um, when I was like younger, like what, I mean, like 21, I went a little crazy for like two years. Now I don't even want any part of it. Like I'm like, so done. Um, I'll have like a cocktail if we go out to, to like a, get a, like a nice dinner or something. But other than that, I want nothing to do with it. And did you ever smoke cigarettes? Nope. Did you ever smoke weed? Yep. And do you still smoke weed? Yeah, I do. do you, how, how about that with your lungs? Um, so I actually do more edibles than smoke. Uh, uh, so I, I, it freaks me out thinking about my lungs being yeah, yeah. damaged from smoke. So I only do edibles. I smoked a ton of weed and I smoked a ton of cigarettes. And I, I t- would tell anyone, never, ever, ever do it. It's idiocy. Now I'm 49 and I'm like, holy shit, I used to burn shit and then breathe in the smoke. What the fuck was wrong with me? That's <laughs> fucking complete idiocy. Yeah. That, so- that, 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 uh, why would I want anything going in my lungs? Look, my throat's just closing up a little bit just talking about <laughs> it, going to fucking panic attack. That's crazy, people. Do not – and you have to quit eventually. Don't do addictive shit. You have to quit eventually. Like smoking is cigarettes is – the absolutely dumbest thing it's so fun nicotine is such a wonderful drug but you have to quit eventually don't start it's too hard it's so fucking hard yeah so that was like my thing too like uh instead of like drinking i'll just take an edible and just be (laughs) be way more aware of everything that's going on than if i was drunk anyway so yeah and what do you do it's just like those are like the gummies yeah just like i think they're like 25 milligrams or something Um, i would have a fucking panic attack (laughs) Yeah, so um, I smoked a little bit, and then I would, like, feel it in training. And I was like, is this in my head, or am I really feeling this? So then I just cut it off completely. I'm like, I am only going to do edibles now. I'm like, I do not want to do anything that has to – that would even put my lungs in jeopardy. Yeah, smart. Um, okay, so so your, 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 your coach, Jay, says is connected. He's – in the in the behind the scenes commentary whatnot with WNO, so they so then he says, "Hey, do you want to enter this?" And wh- do you immediately say, "Yeah"? And and what are how many girls are invited? And and what's the weight class? Because like I couldn't figure out what the rules were. I mean, I didn't look too deeply, but I'm like, everyone looked like a giant compared to you. So um, the weight class is 145 and above. Okay. Um. So my whole thing was, I'm just annoyed that they don't have like a cap off, right? Like there should be a end to this division. It should not be 145 and up. So the biggest tournament for Nogi Jiu-Jitsu, which is ADCC, they only have a two divisions for girls. They have a 132 and below and a 132 and up. So even in that, when I did ADCC in 2019, like the, the girls are way bigger than, than I was. Um, and and I think it's just like so unrealistic to not have at least a middleweight division for girls or like have a cap off for like the heavyweight division. Because um, I'm going to say that Gabby Garcia is probably every bit of 270, if not more. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So and people are saying like, oh, 225. I'm like, no. I'm like, my boyfriend's like 220 and he's not even close to that. I don't even think he's ways 220. My brother's at 220 and he's not even like close to the size of Gabby Garcia. Um, so she's over a hundred, she's, she's got a hundred pounds on you. Oh, I, easy. She has a hundred pounds on us. Easy. 
And is that the first time you've ever rolled with someone who's 100 pounds heavier than you? Have you ever rolled with a guy who's 100 pounds heavier than you? Yeah, I have. I've rolled with like, uh, I think like two or three <clears throat> guys. Oh, yeah, definitely I have. Um, but Because that's giant for a man, too. Oh, yeah. So, like, I've rolled with a guy that was like 255 <clears throat> and like six and the same height as her. So, like, <laughs> and how I'm, tall like, is she? She's like 6'2". Wow. Yeah. Um. So, and as I said, she makes me look like I'm like 120. Yeah. <laughs> like smaller. I don't, I don't look like I'm like one around 160. That's for sure. Right. Um, so they, so yeah, Jay, I guess found out that they were doing this or they, I think they might've asked him to commentate it first. And then he asked if they, you know, filled the divisions yet. And they, he offered my name in there and they accepted it. So um, he was like, Oh, you want to do this? I'm like, Oh yeah, it's for $30,000. Damn right. I want to do it. Um, and it's and- the eight best girls Theoretically, more or less, in the world. Yep. Uh, yeah. Under, in class. under what rules? Under just like I don't. And I'm asking a question. I don't even know the answer to. So, um, the rule set for them is kind of like they just really want you to fight. So it's like a 15 minute match, and um, they'll judge it at basically every five minutes. They don't stop it, but the judges are looking like, okay, the first five minutes are up. Okay, I'm going to give that to Amanda. Oh, okay. the second five minutes are up. I'm going to give that to whoever. Okay. Um, so it's basically off of like position submissions, like who's being the aggressor and, and stuff like that. Like who's being okay. more dominant. Okay. Um, and uh, I think 15 minutes might be, might be like too long because if you get someone that like stalls, likes to stall and just like not move, it's like kind of a rough match to watch. Right. Um, and their finals matches are a half hour. Okay. So, um, yeah. So anyway, so then it's just an eight woman bracket. Um, and the uh, I had a feeling I was going to be fighting Gabby because they came out with like uh, the odds um, a couple of days before they released the bracket, and they had me like uh, the eighth um, seed. So um, Me- meaning meaning the worst one. Yeah, yeah. So um, and they had her as the first. So as the best. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, we'll okay. throw we'll throw Amanda in there with Gabby, and Gabby will just eat Amanda up and <laughs> yeah, move on. <laughs> okay. Um. So. I like, had a feeling, but they didn't. They won't weren't going to release the bracket until we were at the press conference. So that whole press conference thing, where they have us sitting at like a long table, they have um, a guy asking questions like in the middle, and all of us are on each end of the table. And then they say, "Okay, we're going to release the bracket in front of you guys." So they they want to catch your reaction, I guess, on camera. Um. So they do that, or even before that. So we were all there to weigh in. And technically, like my division didn't have to weigh in. I don't even know why they had us weigh in. I think they were just doing it for like the the cameras and like to get a picture. And and they wrote down our weights. And I'm like, where's Gabby? Like to the other girls. And the other girls were like, you're not going to catch her dead on a scale. I'm like, oh, right, because she doesn't want everyone to see the actual like weight difference that she has on us, like the actual number. And then I'm just like sitting there, and I'm like, because I know I'm going to get her, so I'm like. That's just so annoying. Like, how unprofessional are you not to show up to weigh in? Like, when we're all here and you're not. Right. I'm just getting mad. And then I might tell my boyfriend and my coach, I'm like, I'm about to ask something. Like, they had, like, a rules meeting. So, I'm like, I'm about to raise my hand and be like, does Gabby have to weigh in, too? And uh, my boyfriend's like, no, do it. Wait, wait for it. Wait for, like, the press conference. And I call my dad. My dad's like, yeah, say it at the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, yeah. I hope that. I get to meet your dad someday. <laughs> and um, so... Anyway, we get to the press conference. She like walks in so arrogantly 
so arrogantly. I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, damn, she is something else. So we sit at the table and they pull the bracket up and they're like, okay, Gabby, what do you think about your first match? And she says, whatever, like, I never fought her before. I don't really know her, whatever. And then they ask me and I'm like, I'm really excited to go against Gabby, which I was because I really wanted to see how I could do against her because I've seen all the girls that I've competed against go against her. I'm like, damn, I would love to know how I would do. And I was, and, ha- and have you ever seen anyone beat her? Any of the girls you go against beat her? No. So she only lost to four girls. Like I'm the fourth girl to beat her in like 20 years. Yeah. And, and, and I saw the last woman to beat her as a UFC fighter, an incredible one. I think it was, is it Laura Dern or something? Is it Mackenzie? Who, who oh, was Mackenzie it? Mackenzie Dern. Um, Mackenzie I, Dern. But, but, but she didn't, she beat her on a technicality, right? She didn't beat her like the way you beat her. Yeah. So she bought, beat her, I think with like a negative advantage. Like Gabby had a negative advantage for like stalling or something. Yeah. A penalty. Um, okay. Yeah. And that was in the gi too. Okay. Um. So yeah. So she's, she was just, so I, I was like, I'm excited to fight Gabby, but um, I just want to know why she didn't have to weigh in and we all had to weigh in. And she's like, oh, it's not in my contract. It's not in my contract. Her response was so weird. No, it's such no. a weird response. No. And then magically her English just started getting worse as she was answering the questions. <laughs> um, but so she was like, not my contract. She should have just said, fuck you. I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest girl in the sport and I don't have to weigh in instead of it's yeah. not in my contract. Like I would have much rather of her been like, then she said that she goes, when you, Oh, win she as did. As okay, as good. I didn't see that. She said, when you win as much as I do, then you can negotiate your own contract. Oh, good honor. Okay, and good. I didn't hear her say that part. She said, don't be a pussy. And I'm You have to do with anything. And then the other girls are jumping in too. Um, Anna Carolina, who I really think dislikes Gabby too. And this girl, Erin and, um, she was just like, they were like, yeah, why don't you have to weigh in what you should have to weigh in. And she should have to. She really oh, should have to. Well, yeah. So, like, if I'm weighing in, like, and she knows my weight, why can't I know her weight? Like, it, it's it's bullcrap. The, the, the competitors need to know. It's like going to a weightlifting competition and them not telling you with a weight you're going to lift. I mean, c- shut. Come on, man. They they have to know what they're going against. Yep. Exactly. So, um, and then after that, whatever the press conference or whatever, um, they like interviewed me. They interviewed her. Um, and then I was like my Instagram was like blowing up like yeah good for you Amanda I didn't realize how many people hate her like legit hate her and um her and- account's pretty obnoxious she's pretty uh she's she her account's pretty obnoxious I don't yeah. know if you've been over there <laughs> no I know it is <laughs> and um she like commented on something coming at me like how dare you call me unprofessional and all this stuff and I didn't even respond to it I'm like you're not even worth my time um and then that night we went to the gym and I legit practiced every single move I did in that match. I did the night before. Like it was almost like we wrote the script out and then handed it to a director and said, here, we're going to replay this. And it was like two AT. How much everything worked was blew our minds to the point you where you and Jay did it. You and Jay. Yeah. Me, Jay, my boyfriend and Nick Rodriguez. Who, who played Gabby in the um, dress rehearsal? Um, <laughs> my boyfriend was <laughs> awesome. I hope, um, I hope I hope he's sore after that. <laughs> I hope you beat him up good. And so, like, we just drilled like each move that I did a couple times, and then uh, we went to bed. And the next morning, I'm like, "Damn, I have to fight Gabby today." <laughs> and it wasn't that I was nervous of her; it was I was nervous of the weight difference that I would get hurt. Because in my head, I'm like, "Damn, if I get hurt and I can't do MMA, like that's gonna really, really make me upset. Like that's gonna really suck." 
I know it says 235, and there's no shot in hell that she's 235. I, I see him, Matt, pulling up the stuff. <laughs> yeah, it also says 265. It says 62265 on there, too. That um, must be the range they're guessing. Yeah. Um. So, anyway. Um. So, yeah, I was just more nervous about the weight difference and getting hurt in the match. And that's why I also think there should be a cap of the division because – 100 pounds is a lot of freaking weight. You don't see a middle, you don't see smaller weight guys going against guys that are 100 pounds heavier than them. Um, unless it's like an absolute division that they like. I think that there's even laws against that in pro fighting. I don't think, I think that I remember hearing about it the first time. Uh, just for uh, boxing commissions for states, I don't like when Logan Paul fought Mayweather, I think Nevada or wherever they fought said, Hey man, there can't be more than a 30 pound weight difference. We don't allow it in the state. And so, it it is it what state was WNO in? Um, that was in Texas. Yeah, they, I I don't know if it may, maybe it's is that considered a professional fight? Yeah, so I don't know how that works. Like, with okay, the if they had a commission there, they wouldn't. I don't think they would allow that. I mean, I'm glad they did. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not shitting on it. Um, yeah. So anyway, then that morning, you know, we're there warming up, um, and, um. I was just trying to get in the right mindset of just like being happy, being excited to fight. I, w- I really was excited to fight her just to see how I could do against her. And um, they call us out there and on the mat and it was just like go time. So it's funny because I don't remember much of the match. I rewatched the match on like su- on Sunday night and I was like, wow, that happened. I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't even remember that happened. So like I went full on like tunnel vision, blacked out. Don't remember mo- most of the match. Um, and it was actually kind of cool to rewatch it. Um, and when I won, um, actually when I was walking through the crowd was insane. So anything in the match that I did that was semi towards like towards me winning any type of way, the crowd was just going insane. And it was so cool. It was, that was probably one of my favorite parts was the crowd. Um, and then the last eight seconds when I, that's what all the great people say. Isn't it amazing too? Like, yeah. and, and you, I never know whether to believe them. So it's so good to hear you say this. You know what I mean? Like Alexander Volkanovsky wins the match against Ortega and he's like, I did this for you guys. I do it for the fans or even Ortega loses because I do it for the, I do it for the cheers. And I'm like, holy shit. It, m- it must be really electri- electrifying. It, oh my gosh. Like I rewatched the flow video of me on her back, like, and everyone's starting to cheer. And then when I get off and I like have my hands raised and everyone's cheering, I probably watched that like, <laughs> because like it just doesn't get old for me i'm like it still gives me goosebumps um but like being in that moment was just so cool like to have like a whole crowd a whole like it was almost like deafening in there um to how how loud they were like a standing ovation and everything um it was just it was super neat uh but anyway like i just i had a whole game plan like i wasn't gonna let her bully me like she's she bullies a lot of girls and that's how she wins all of her matches what does that mean bully um, like just coming in like really rough and like, like cu- pushing forward really hard. Like, um, she notoriously, I would say wins her matches by like being on top and just laying on people. Like, That's she- what I thought when you, when you didn't finish that rear naked choke, if I'm saying it right, I th- I thought you were toast. I thought she was going to roll over on you and hold you down. And I, did you think that too? You're like, uh Oh, I, I couldn't even tell you what I was thinking in the middle of okay. that. Okay. Um, okay. Fair. So I remember trying to squeeze the Renega choke and thinking like, damn, it feels like I'm choking a tree. Um, 
like her face was purple and stuff, but I, I couldn't even, I couldn't tell you if it was purple or not. I just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere with my, like normally when you squeeze her in and get choked, right? Like your arm kind of like gives into you where like when I was squeezing her, it just was not moving. Like it, nothing was moving. So I'm like, damn, this is terrible. Um, and I think if she was a normal sized girl that she would definitely have tapped. Um, so did you, was it in, was it in deep as they say? Oh yeah. Like her face was purple. If you rewatch the match, like her face was like super, super red. Did you hear Um, the gurgling that I always hear the commentators talk about? No, honestly, I couldn't hear anything because the crowd, when I locked it up, they were screaming. I couldn't hear the corner like, or anything. Um, so has anyone ever gotten out of one of your rear naked chokes before that's set in that deep? Uh, she's the first one. Like any other person since you've been ele- um, eleven years old that you've done that to, bye bye. Uh, men, men have. Okay. Um, like my brother, if I lock up, lock up a renegade choke on him, he can he can get out. It's like what did you call it? A renegade choke? Uh, oh no, a renegade choke. I probably. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, so like my brother can get out of it, but he's like also like two hundred something pounds. Um. But. Yeah, so like once she got her fingers in, I guess that's what was like stopping it. She had like right here, and she was just strong enough to hold out. Um, but yeah, so but when she got on top of me at one point during the match, like I know why girls break underneath her because it sucked. Like I am not going to lie, like I legit felt like I was suffocating. You know when you feel like that claustrophobic feeling, and you're like, oh my god, that's exactly how I felt. Um, and did you panic? Do you panic? No, I don't panic. I, I don't panic because I've been put there before, like so many times during training and stuff. Um, and then two, my competitiveness like doesn't let me like, <laughs> like I won't just give up just to give up in that sense. Um, like you'll have to really put me through the ringer to like make me mentally break like that. Um, but I can see why girls mentally break now. Um, because even when she was putting her shoulder, like her shoulder was so big, it was like coming across my face and like I could feel it like almost like, suffocating me so then once i would get like a little air i'd be like okay take a deep breath and then i would try again do it again and just like keep repeating just like getting my air in and stuff like that underneath her um and then when i was able to reverse it and get on her back the last time and then i was riding on her back and i saw like there was eight seconds left and that's when i started like celebrating on her back and everyone was like wow and i'm like oh my god this is so cool (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) did you know you were gonna win yeah. Well, or did or did you yeah. not even care at that point? You're like you were proud of yourself. Um, honestly, there wasn't. A, I didn't think I wasn't gonna win, so I was. I didn't like think in my head like, oh, I definitely won. It was just like, wow, I just put on a crazy great performance, and I was just so hype about the crazy great performance I put on. Um, and I'm notorious though for losing decisions. For some reason, I always lose decisions. So if I did lose, that probably wouldn't have been sho- a shock for me. <laughs> but again, too, like there was like uh, I don't think there was a doubt that she beat me just because I I had her back like three times. Um, I had the runic chokes in and stuff like that. So I don't think they they could have even realistically gave her a chance of winning. If that makes sense, like I, it was a unanimous decision across the board. If she but, would have got you in a rear naked choke, would that have been? Uh, it might have been over. Um, <laughs> but uh, just because she's so much bigger in the squeeze, I probably wouldn't have been able to handle it. Because even when the rear naked choke is not on your neck and it's on your like jaw and your teeth, like that hurts worse than getting choked. 
Oh, um, on your teeth. Ugh. Yeah. So like when tournaments, because I don't, I don't care. Like tournaments, I'll go right across people's faces. And if they want to lift their chin up and give me their neck, I'll take their neck. But if they're not giving me their neck, I'll, I'll choke right across their chin. I don't care. Um, and just and just squeeze. Yep. And and, um, and they'll usually tap. Training. I won't do that in training to like people that I actually train with. That's just stupid. But in tournaments, it's just like no holds. Like I know that they would be willing to do it to me, so I'm doing it to them. Um, when you're going against Gabby, is, is it is it? Um, I don't want to say dirty, but is it rough? Is there like okay, like? Are there things happening that like the untrained eye like me doesn't see, like fingers going into the ribs, forearms hitting the face? Is it is it yeah, so is like, it pretty violent? She was like doing these like foot sweeps, but uh, they were oh like, yeah, like kicking you. I saw yeah. that too. Yeah, so they were more like kicks, and even the match after me with Rafaela, she like literally full on kicked me in the middle of my thigh. Yes, that's not a foot sweep. That's a that's a kick. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's certain things sometimes that happen like that. Um, cause yeah, she was foot sweeping me and then I like hard collar tied her. Like I like really came down with my hand on the back of her head and she went and I was like, you kicked me. Stop. Right. <laughs> right. Talked her in the middle of the match. I literally say, you <clears throat> kicked me. Stop it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, uh, then, uh, when I was actually walking back after the match too, like walking back to where the competitors were, I had people clapping for me in the back, like the competitors. That was pretty cool because no one else got that that kind of treatment. Right, I I love it. I yeah. absolutely love it. Um, and in in the beginning of the match with Gabby, is she rolling her eyes at you, or is there she's playing some mental games with you? It looks like. Oh, uh, she might have been. I wasn't even paying attention. I didn't even look at her. Look at her eyes, to be honest. Um, because uh, once I was like there, I just shook her hand. I didn't really look her in the face, and I just went at it. And you know what, too? Like, I don't really look at people's face to begin with anyway when I'm, like, competing. Because I'm looking at, like, their chest and, like, down. I'm, like, worried about what their body's doing, not what their head's doing, per se. Um, so, You're watching their hi- their hips are going to tell you what's going yeah, on? like, their shoulders, where they're reaching and stuff like that. Like, I don't really ever look at anyone, like, straight in their face. Um, so, yeah, so she might have been. Um, I think she was, I think I got under her skin pretty bad at the press conference with the whole weight, like weigh in thing. Um, because again, like, I think she just didn't weigh in cause she really is that much heavier than us. And she didn't want it to be like actually known so that she has a, so people can use it as like a, Oh, that's why you win, which it, in my opinion is why she wins a lot of her matches. Like, I don't think she's a very technical grappler at all. I think she just, just goes out there and just like, is very like, uh, heavy and plays a top heavy game and just is just big. So like locking up anything on her, if you were to lock up an armbar on her or like anything, like at one point I could have locked up a triangle on her and I knew I couldn't because I knew I wouldn't be able to finish it. So I didn't even bother trying to go for it. Cause I'm like, all she has to do is throw that leg over my head. Cause she would, cause guys do it to me all the time when I triangle them. And just get side control. And I would have been in, in a worse place than I was when I was in half guard underneath her. Crazy. Uh, is, is it one and done for that tournament? No. So um, you, you, if you win your first match, then you, tr- you fight again at, in the evening. And then if you win the evening match, then you fight for the finals in the next day. And so, um, and so how, how did she, how did she end up doing? Did so, she win her next match? No, so she ended up dropping out. What? 
if you lose your match, if you lose uh-huh. your match, the next morning they do wrestlebacks. So like uh-huh. they do like another division to, for you to come back and try to win third place. Okay. Um. So she ended up dropping out of the tournament again, unprofessional. I don't know if she thought it was below her or what her deal was, but she ended up dropping out. Um. And Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. That's almost a bigger story than you're beating her. That's crazy. That's crazy. And that, and that kind of fucks the net. Well, I guess that, yeah, that does fuck up the whole tournament. So then the girl who was supposed to get her gets a buy and keeps moving forward. Yeah. So, um, it actually kind of screwed the one girl, Erin, because, well, I ended up losing my evening match. I just like mentally, I couldn't recover because I was, felt like I just won the whole tournament. <laughs> right. Or win like that. Like I was just getting blown up everywhere and I just felt so accomplished. I'm like, okay, I don't even want to go on to compete um, after this one. But, um, and then physically I legit could not recover. Like I felt like absolute dog crap after, after that match. Um, <clears throat> I was just physically spent and, um, I ended up losing my evening match. So I was going to wrestle back the next morning too. And, I woke up so sore to the point where I was like, man, like the thought of even having to fight Gabby again would suck, like feeling like this and having to fight her. And then I got like a uh, text from my coach and was like, dude, they're not even, Gabby's not even answering any phone calls or texts from who's number one or for, from, from Flo. And I'm like, no way, really? And he's like, yep. So I'm like, damn. That's crazy. Like I couldn't imagine just dropping out. Like, and so I, she I, left. No one ever saw her again. Um, I actually ended up seeing her like that evening on an electric scooter in Texas. <laughs> oh shit. Did you guys wave to each other? So we were outside at one in the morning mm-hmm. and, um, she just came like zooming by on an electric scooter by uh, herself with like her two like friends, I guess. I don't know. Who uh-huh. Um, and she just kept going up and down the street that we were on, like being like super obnoxious, like, whoa, woohoo. Like a little kid. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, am I just like crazy? Or is she purposely doing this to like try to get some type of reaction out of me? Um, and I I think, I don't know Portuguese, but I think she called me a bitch in Portuguese. Um, I think it's puta. And I heard her say like um, something, something in Portuguese. And then I heard puta. And I'm like to my boyfriend on coach, I'm like, I'm pretty sure she just called me a bitch in Portuguese. <laughs> and then, um, that's, a, that's almost like getting a second victory. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're like 30 something you, years old. Dude, you got off. the, you got the physical victory and then you got the emotional intellectual victory. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so, so the next match you lose and then, and then, and then, and then are you done or then you have a third match and you lose that one too? Yeah. So I lost that one too. Um, and, and I, I don't know which one I saw. I saw you go against the girl who won the whole thing. And yeah, she was, so was, she was, was huge compared to was, you also. That was my second match. Um, that was okay. Rafaela. So I actually had a match with her in October. So that's pretty cool, right? Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. So tell me about your match with her in October. Sorry. Oh, but yeah. it is cool that you lost to the girl who won it. I mean, at least you can say that. Yeah. Um. So I had a match with her in October, and I beat her in October. Um. So both of our matches went to decision. So the one in October, I was able to get like two takedowns on her. Um, and then this match, I think I got one takedown on her, but she got better positioning and that's why she ended up winning the decision. What is your preferred takedown? Uh, double legs. It is. Double, yeah. Is that normal for um, jujitsu practitioners to like the double leg or is that something you got from wrestling? Um, 
So I've always, my dad has always pushed like getting the takedown first. Like, uh, cause like mentally the person's already down by points. Like they're like, Oh crap, I'm already down. And, uh, like two, it's just like, you're already up on the points. Um, but so I think my wrestling has gotten better because I've been dating my boyfriend who's a wrestler. Um, but I've always really liked double legs um, just because it feels so satisfying to hit when you like when you do hit it. Um, but a lot of God, know, they look amazing, too. If yeah. you're rooting for someone and they hit a double leg, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, but a lot of jujitsu people suck at wrestling. So um, that's just like a known fact. Like jujitsu people are just terrible at wrestling. So you'll get a lot of guard pullers who just sit on their butt and just wait for you to come in to like uh, start their sweeps and stuff. But um, you don't really see, I, I, you're starting to see more wrestlers entering into the jujitsu world. So, I mean, it's going, getting better gradually. How did you meet your boyfriend? Um, so he signed up at the school that I was training at um, in 2018. And um, I ended up like rolling with him and I ended up like sweeping him, like beating him. And we actually have it on tape. So I was getting ready for uh, a tournament and they needed like a video of me training for like their promo. Mm-hmm. And we so we have it on video the first time we ever rolled and I beat them. And th- th- I didn't really think much of, of anything then. Like he had like a girlfriend. I was like doing my own thing. And then in 2019, um, we went to a tournament together and he was going with his friend, Nick, Nick's like big in the jujitsu community, Nick Rodriguez. Okay. Um, so we were at that tournament together and he just like started talking to me. And again, I'm like there to compete. So I'm still not thinking anything more than just casual. And you're around dudes so much, right? I'm guessing um, you kind yeah. of have to turn that off. You have to like, yeah. be like, okay, like you're a dude. Yeah. So it literally, it did not even like <clears throat> cross my mind. Um, and then a couple months after that tournament, he like messaged me on Instagram and then we just started talking and they never stopped talking ever since. <laughs> so he liked you. Yeah. Yep. He, he knew he liked you and he was just looking for an end to court you. Yep. And um, do, do you like, is having a boyfriend a hindrance when you're trying to compete at the level you're competing at? Um, no, I actually think it's for me, it's been better because it's someone who understands, like if I had a boyfriend, maybe that didn't do wrestling or jujitsu, they, it probably wouldn't be as beneficial um, but because he's been a wrestler his whole life and he does jujitsu, um, it's been like the be- the greatest benefit to me. Like when I'm weight cutting, like he meal preps everything for me. Um, he'll tell me what to eat, when to eat it, like has it down to a science. Um, he's like, he knows not to get into like emotional fights with you before events. He um, knows yeah. like he never's complained that you do train more and don't call him. He's not like a, like one of these, sorry, but your peer group sucks. Like demanding um, texts and people your age are fucking they're going to have horrible relationships their whole lives because of the demand they put on each other. The demand, it's impossible to be a good mate to, to your generation. Yeah. I know. I I know I'm speaking a little bit in hyperbole and gross generalization, but no, I, no, I agree. It just like even the dating scene for my age group is literally insane. Trying to find someone who's like actually willing to have a relationship is like my sister has so much trouble finding anyone that like willing to go on a date or in a long-term relationship. It's, it's, it's literally crazy. Um, but anyway, I was just lucky enough that he does this sport and he understands this sport. Like we don't, we've may, maybe had like one fight in three years. Like we don't even really fight to begin with. So 
Is he a good um, fighter? Like when you did get in that fight, was it a good fight? Because you, you need a good fighter. He's better at arguing. So I'm more okay. yeah, <laughs> I'm better at arguer. Like I can't get I'm bad at getting my points across. Like I'm one of those people, like I'm bad with my emotions <clears throat> because I don't know how to explain my emotions. I just I take everything in and then I just shut down. Like I'm just like, don't don't I don't vent to people or anything like that. I just take my emotions and then I eventually it just builds up and then I'll do like one big blow up and then I'll be good for <laughs> another year <laughs> um, where he is better at everything because he talks everything through. Like he doesn't get any, like he would never, he would never even call me a loser as a joke. Like that is how respectful this, this man is. I am so lucky. Um, so just having him in my corner is such a huge benefit too, because he understands the competition, like mindset of like the stress you're under when you're getting ready. Yeah. For so he's, he can talk me through stuff. Um, like the morning I woke up with the fight with Gabby and stuff. I'm like, I said to him, I'm like, I'm so nervous. And he would talk me through it. I felt a thousand times better after that conversation. We went and we did our thing and ended up winning. So I'm just really lucky to have someone that understands what I do. That is really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I, when, um, I see people around me nervous, I'm not sure how it's hard being around someone who's nervous or who has that much pressure on them. Cause you, you want to help, but you don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. You're like, should I let them be nervous? Should I not let them be nervous? Should I like try it? Am I going to say something and fuck it up? Um, Gary Esparza said in the comments just now, I'm so glad you got her on. Uh, Amanda's an absolute apex predator. She called out Gabby and then just worked her in the match. Skillful and class act. Didn't let Gabby just walk on her with her size. You probably getting a ton of that, right? I, honestly, that doesn't get old, though. <laughs> That's for sure. I love her. <laughs> um, Brian Brown has a question for you. Will you ask her um, if it was hard to control that much body mass? Amanda put so much pressure on her neck, and she didn't budge. Yeah, it really was. So um, I always explain it as, like, technically, I felt like everything was working so smoothly. But physically, it was so hard on my whole body. Like, just trying to move her and trying to squeeze stuff and just trying to even grip her. My my forearms haven't been shot like that probably since I was a kid when I was doing tournaments. Like when you're kind of like new to doing tournaments and you like over grip everything and your your grips are shot before your next match. I haven't had that feeling since I was a kid, and I had that feeling right after the match with Gabby. I couldn't barely even grab a pen. So a little girl came up to me and asked me to sign her belt, and I could not even grab the marker because it was my grip strength was that that shot. That's crazy. Um, do you, are you stronger now after that match? Like in, in terms of like, just like working out, do you think like after you do a match like that, like there's no way you could ever train, get what the growth that you got from that match, you could never get in training or, or does that actually knock you back a match like that? Um, so like I said, the next morning I felt like I hit by a truck. Uh-huh. Mentally, I feel way stronger. Uh-huh. Um, and then like this week I've kind of like laid off, like doing much just to like try to let my like um, an injury that I'm getting checked out tomorrow. Um, so like from then, that mat, from that match, you think, I think it was from that match. So the next morning I couldn't really walk on my leg. Like my shin was like killing me, like the pain ungodly still hurts really bad. So I, I've had stress fractures in my shin before. So I think that, that that's kind of what this feels similar to. So I think I might have got like a stress fracture again. Um, just from like maybe like holding on, like trying to hold on to that half guard and stuff. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what it is. Um, but yeah, so mentally I feel stronger, but physically, um, I definitely think I can get stronger. 
like especially when I'm going to be getting ready for like my next you know professional MMA fight and stuff like that like the training and the weightlifting and stuff like that I always feel super strong going in the tournaments you said the PFL had just um one is just one female weight class 145 plus uh 155 155 so, number one is the 145 plus okay so um and and do you have an MMA match lined up uh no so I'm waiting to hear back from them to see um when I can fight next I I guess they'd be kind of like um they they'd want to do it sooner than later right I get but I guess you got to lick your wounds a little yeah, so um, the PFL, the way they work this is they do um, like a season. So they're not like UFC. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like um, you're basically competing. Like every time you win a match, you get so many points depending on how many, how, how many, depending on how you win the match. And then at the end of the season, the whoever has the most points gets put into a playoff division. And it's a bracket, and then you fight for a million dollars. Oh, that's right. I knew that. I've seen that. And it's on ESPN or something. I've seen yeah, that. Yep. Okay. I've seen that. And, and they give a million for women and a million for men. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Who won it last time? Do you know the lady's name? Uh, Kayla Harrison. So she's a judo Olympic gold medalist. Oh, shit. I'm going to look her up and watch her match. Uh, there's so, so uh, many. There's so many. Go ahead. She won last season, and then I think their last one is this month at the end of this month. She'll she'll be fighting, I think, at the end of this month for another for another million bucks. Try to win yeah. it again. Yeah. Holy shit! It's it's crazy. There's so many different like like I've just started trying to watch a little bit of Cage Warriors. I think that's over in in Europe. There like it would be a full time job to stay on top of MMA. Oh, I know. Like, it, like it's nuts. It's growing really really fast too. Yeah, it's exploding. It's hard. It's um, it's hard to be a uh, like a, a true fan of all of it. It's almost it's like be, just watching the UFC. It's the only sport and only TV I watch, and it's three hours every Saturday. And it's like Jesus, that's quite that's a fucking hell of a time commitment. <laughs> yeah, I'm always glad to hear that you don't do that. You just train <laughs> and have fun. Yep, exactly. Are you gonna have kids? I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's like one of the. And like you know, right off the bat, that we both want kids one day. But there's no rush. No, um, I'm 24 now. Um, I would like to get like a few more years of fighting in, and then uh, have kids. My, if if this helps you any, my my wife and I were together from our 20s to to now. So, and I'm 49 now, and it wasn't until she was 39 and I was 43, and, and we met probably the same. I was probably 24 when I met my wife. But but we were never we never wanted kids and we never wanted to get married. We just wanted to just be just have fun. And then at thirty nine, she said, "Hey, let's have a kid." And now we have three kids, and I'm forty nine. So like someone yeah. like you who's healthy and eating right, and you know what I mean, you're not drinking and like you're you're taking care of your body. Feel and some people are like, "Oh, I want to have kids young so I can play with them." I'm telling you, even though I can't play with my kids, probably like how you could play with them, it's still great being like I can still go to the beach. I can still wrestle with them a little bit. I can still you like you young too, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like it's not um, I can't play six hours of frisbee with them, but I can still play an hour, and it's, yeah. and it's like uh, it's awesome. So don't don't feel rushed. Thanks for coming on. I'm super excited. Um, maybe oh, can I ask you one more question? Yeah. There's this thing um, – I read this book called Bounce, and it, it basically the, the premise of the book is that there's no such thing as talent, that there's just hard work. 
And it and they talk about Tiger Woods and um, Mozart and Roger Federer and just like they're like, hey man, don't believe the fucking hype. There's no talent. There's no there's no such thing as a prodigy. And I'm kind of sensitive to that because people will say, oh my god, your kids are so talented, or they're and they're not talented. They're they're absolutely not talented. They're this is they started jujitsu at four and they do it five days a week. They started tennis at four. They do it five days a week. They. They started climbing trees. At, I let them start climbing trees before they could walk. They're epic tree climbers. You know what I mean? Like we threw, I have a basket of tennis balls and we throw tennis balls every day for 15 minutes. I mean, like, are you talented or are you a prodigy? And I see people referring to you as talented and a prodigy. And I'm like, holy shit. I want like, no, she has an abusive dad. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, do you have a thought on the subject? So it's so funny you're saying this because I'm reading the book called The Outliers. Yes, yes, another, yeah. Yeah. That's Gladwell's book, right? Yeah. So my whole, I'm getting thrown for a loop. It's so funny you're asking this because now I'm questioning stuff that I thought, like, so his thing is that if you want to be good at something, like, uh, uh, consider, I guess, like, if you were, like, a prodigy or something, that you have to put at least 10,000 hours in, right? And, like, looking back, I've definitely probably put – close to 10,000 hours in the jiu-jitsu, if not more. Um, so <clears throat> I wouldn't say I'm like a prodigy. I think I think it's just my circumstances, my opportunities, and just that I'm willing to work hard. Um, like the hard work and the opportunities that I've had, like, again, if I didn't have- That's what this book, Bounce, says, by the way, too. He says it's hard work, but also opportunity. I'm going to give you a quick example. Sorry to interrupt. He talks about a guy who was in England who was a, the, the world, he was the fastest ping pong player in the history of the world. And the, the opportunity he had is he was so fucking poor that he had to play ping pong in a tiny shed where his hips were pushed up against the table. And that for and he didn't play in a nice place where you could stand back from the table, and that made his reaction time faster than everyone else's because he played in a fuck situation. Yeah. <laughs> so that was when it, when so when you use the word opportunity, sometimes it's a bad opportunity and sometimes it's a good opportunity, but it's still an opportunity. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Okay, so oh, you had yeah. hard work and opportunity. Sorry. Yeah. So like I always look at like looking back at if I didn't have the opportunity to have such a great family that was willing to take me an hour to jujitsu every day, like would I be where I am today? If I didn't have the opportunity that I knew Jay, who has the connections to who's number one, who got me in the tournament as an unranked, I wasn't even ranked on the flow grappling, and he got me in that tournament, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you because I wouldn't have beat Gabby because I wouldn't have had the opportunity to beat Gabby. And I wouldn't have jumped on the bandwagon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, now, I guess after reading that book, it's kind of persuading me more towards um, that hard work and opportunities. And the people you surround yourself with have a big impact of how you're going to succeed or, or fail. Yeah. You should definitely check out this book, Bounce. Yeah, I will. I will. It's kind of, it's kind of, it, I think it's more recent. He obviously steals a lot of stuff from Outliers, but it's kind of like taking it to the next. And I would highly recommend this other book if you like Outliers and Bounce. You should read this book called Range by David Epstein. And basically, the book compares someone like, um, Tiger Woods, who they put a, um, a golf club in his hand at 10 months old, and Roger, who is the greatest golfer of all time. And then they put a um, uh, the, Roger Federer, who is the greatest tennis player of all time. They didn't do that to him. He played every sport. And it wasn't until like he was 19 or 20 that he, I guess, buckled down and, 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 and picked one, picked tennis. But it's so it's, it's fascinating to see. And they, and, um, 
there's a, a concept in this book that they introduced that's so fucking fascinating. I wish I could think of the word, but it's basically pattern recognition in human beings. And they talk about why Wayne, Wayne Gretzky was so good at hockey and that basically he could see patterns so far out ahead that people were doing that he would go, he would see something that he knew two minutes later would lead to the hockey puck being somewhere else on the rink. And he would trust that judgment. And so he would just hang out somewhere. People like, what the fuck's he doing over there? And then the fucking puck would go up there and he'd shoot it in. And so it's like this, this crazy pattern recognition that you get. And they described it as, as like folding a piece of paper in half. Anyway, check out those books. It's awesome. Yeah, they, they are super interesting. And I, it really threw me for a loop too, because I remember just like people growing up and people like, oh my God, this person's a prodigy. Oh, this person's a prodigy. But then again, too, I think that you have to have the interest in the sport too, or be like naturally inclined. Like some people are just really not athletic, right? Like, can you, I, that's my question is, can you teach someone to be like athletic when they're just not, not naturally inclined to be athletic, you know? So. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, obviously there's body types, right? There's, yeah. there's body types. There's, um, I mean, I mean, you would have to assume that if you were raised in a house with Michael Jordan and you saw his his movement patterns, that you'd you'd be great at jumping, right? Even if you didn't practice jumping, as opposed to, but but there's something to say for hard work, man. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Are you a good teacher? Um, I like to think I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love teaching the kids. They were my favorite people to teach. Um, just because uh, I had a room full of freaking little killers. And especially like the little girls that like, dude, they would just go at it like with each other, like mean. And then afterwards get up, hug each other and move on. That's, that was, was so great about it. Right. Like that you could just go out and just try to kill someone for five minutes. And then afterwards you're best friends again. <laughs> do, do you think, sorry, I said one more question, but the more piling in. Um, do you think that when I tell people, um, they ask what sport do you think my kids should do? I said, Hey, if you have a girl, and you don't teach her jujitsu, I think you're doing her a disservice. And they go, why? I'm like, two thirds of the planet is covered with water. So if you don't teach your kid to swim, then you're not inoculating them from drowning. Drowning is the number one cause of death of kids under the age of five. Now, if you're a woman and you and you don't teach them jujitsu, um, basically they're on a planet with um, where half the planet's trying to stick their dick in them. Why not teach your daughter how strong she could be from her back with her legs in the air? Like that's a, that's a, would be a horrible place to have a black belt. Oh yeah. So that's right? like, yeah. <laughs> am I, when I say that, am I, am I, am I being honest? Is that fair? Uh, like if you have a yeah. girl teach them jujitsu? Yeah. It's an optimal self-defense, uh, the most realistic self-defense. Like realistically, you're not going to punch someone in the face. Like as a girl, if a guy punches you, you're going to knocked out. Um, whereas like it's you, I remember being a girl in high school and all my friends were like guys and stuff. And they would be like, all right, let's wrestle, let's go. And I, dude, I would submit them in like literally a second. So when you go to so, go from someone who knows nothing about jujitsu and you know so much about jujitsu, it is so hard for that person who has no clue what's going on, how to even go about deterring that person. Basically, to, to be as crass as I can be, no man is raping a, a, a black belt female. Yeah, unless they know jujitsu too, then <laughs> then you're kind of screwed. But a regular guy off the street is there's no chance. No, yeah. Amanda, you're a boss. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, you have no. Me I appreciate it. I'm I'm leveraging your fame and uh, mm -hmm. and your brain and your talent. One one of my friends who's uh, 
I'd call him famous, said to me, how does it feel just leveraging other people's fame? And I go, I'm, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah, you have an awesome thing going here. So I appreciate the conversation. And bam, 